Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Is the stock market set to rise again or is this just the calm before the storm? Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at the current low interest rate environment and what you should be doing. Then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Remember, as you click the subscribe button, click the little bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest video. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask the, ask, ask the stock market education and trading experts to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, with the RBA board due to meet on the 6th of October, Speculation is mounting as to whether they will reduce interest rates further in a bid to stimulate the economy. Well, since 2016, interest rates have been reduced five times and are now at an an historical all-time low. And whilst Australia has weathered the COVID storm quite well, I don't think anyone could argue that the economy really is in great shape. The stock market is recognised as a leading indicator of the economy and if we look back at the growth of the All Ordinaries Index since 1 January 2016, we actually find that it has risen just over 13%, which is not that spectacular really, nor is it a sign of a booming economy. So you really do have to ask the question as to whether lowering the interest rates has been beneficial for our economy. Now, in March of this year, the Reserve Bank of Australia dropped interest rates twice down to 0.25% due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, whilst lower interest rates have made it a little easier for those with mortgage mortgages, you really do have to ask if it's really stimulated our economy. Now, at a quarter of a percent, interest rates can't go much lower, so I doubt a further drop will actually do much. Instead, I think it's time to rethink the strategy as I suspect the government's continued support for JobKeeper and other stimulus packages may actually do a lot more for our economy. Now, it's highly likely this low interest rate environment will last a few more years and bring increased opportunity for those who take advantage of it. Now's a great time to look at the benefits of reducing your mortgages versus using the extra cash flow and or home equity to fund further investments. Additionally, if the government is successful in its bid to relax lending laws to make it easier to borrow money as recently announced, this will add weight to the argument that you should use this opportunity to increase your wealth. 
Now, whilst I'm all for reducing debt on your home loan as quickly as possible, there does come a time when it's far more beneficial to use the equity in your home to invest for your future. As all too often, people pay off their home loan before looking to invest as they believe this creates more financial security for them. However, whilst this, whilst this may be somewhat true, the mere fact of paying off your home loan before you invest severely restricts your ability to create wealth. Now, the opposing argument is to create more wealth in your life, as this gives you more security, especially when you consider that investing in good assets can also lead to paying off your home loan even faster. More importantly, building wealth earlier in life results in more assets in retirement, which has to be good. Now, anyone looking at this low interest rate environment or enjoying this low interest rate environment is a once, or they should look at it as a once in a lifetime opportunity to not only reduce housing debt, but also invest in your own future. Of course, if the government relaxes the lending laws, the opportunity will get even bigger. So that's a great opportunity for me, for anyone who takes advantage of it. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, the best performing sectors include healthcare, which was up 4.18%, followed by industrials, that was up 3.76%. And utilities, that ended the week up 3.51%. Now, the worst performance, that included materials down 2.26%, followed by energy, which was just in the green, up 0.64%. And communication services, well, that was up 1.27%. Looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, the best performers included Whitehaven Coal, which was up 14.12%, followed by Transurban Group, up 8.3%. And National Bank and APA Group were up over 6%, whilst Zero and Bendigo Adelaide Group up just under 6%. In fact, a lot of the banks were up last week, which is a good sign in the banking sector. Now, the worst performers include Virgin Money. That was down 12.42%, followed by Evolution Mining, Northern Star Resources and Unibale, Rodamco, Westfield which were all down over 8%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also, we'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Well, last week was an exciting week for our market because we actually traded up to close high for the week. Uh, first time in about four weeks. But let's get stuck into the charts and I'll show you what's going on at the moment and my thoughts about how it's going to unfold over the next few weeks, which is really important to the strategy that you use on whatever stocks that you own currently at the moment and what stocks you're looking at possibly to buy. So let's get stuck into the charts. Now on the screen is a monthly weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Now I've got them pretty clean at the moment. You can see there's nothing on on either of these charts and I really did want to show you clean. I know a lot of people bring up charts on the internet and, and they've got lines all over them and lots of different technical indicators and to me unless you can read, read a chart when it's looking like this then your skills aren't really super super high and, and what I mean by that is you need to see how the market unfolds in pattern and your eyes will pick it up pretty quickly and you can see you know the big move down into the GFC then we move up into our all-time high which was back here in February or our latest all-time high back in February, then a big move down again. And you can see it's it's really just come back down to some sort of a normal angle. And we've moved up nicely through up into 
um, August there. You can see the high there at 6369 points. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, obviously, September so far is more bearish. You can see it is a red bar. It traded lower than last month or the prior month being August. So that low of 5992 was broken. So you can see 5951. But it's holding up quite well. And you can see here it's the highest closed. It was higher the close than the pre July and June and in May. So it's pretty high. So it's doing all right. And this is this whole sideways movement. So the market doesn't want to go down at this point in time. Um, it is more bullish than bearish, I think, medium to longer term. That said, I think shorter term, it's probably going to be a little bit more shorter term bearish. Now, you can see here the high that we had there um, on the weekend in Friday, the 28th of August. And the high was 6369 points. And we've had one week, two weeks down to that low there. Then that was 6015. And inside weak, so that was slightly higher, but very weak because it pushed up, came back down again, and we've got a low down there at 65951. So generally over the last one, two, three, four weeks, it's traded lower, having a lower, 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 and another lower, low, even though it closed higher. But you can see here the close was 6140, and the high was 6149. If I go back to the week before, it was 6149.1 and 61.149.4, so 0.3 of a point higher last week than the prior week. So it'd be interesting to see, but what I'm suspecting will happen is we might get one week up. I'm not saying we'll, the market will definitely go up this week, but I suspect we'll get one week up and then a fall over. So if I use my trend arrow tool again, we've had the move down. I would expect we maybe get that move up. Maybe this week will be up before a final move down somewhere into October. So that's sort of what I would be expecting. It's not necessarily, won't be unusual for it to trade down this week and, and this week or last week being that week that I expected or that retracement move. Um, if that is the case, then it will move down into the low a little bit earlier than that, then probably the later in October, probably mid-October. But we do need to expect that it will start to generally fall away through into October. So let me just get rid of this for a few minutes and we'll put on another tool. So we'll look at how far it's likely to fall. And I know you've seen my predictions of how far I thought it would fall. So I'm looking at somewhere, it's got to, to me, it has to go below this 5884 because really it hasn't fallen enough in time and price for me to say, the low has ha happened, but I am prepared to be wrong because sometimes that does happen where you don't see time and price fall to the way you would expect it in technical analysis. Um, and then the market just does what it does. And this is one of those things that I talk about with traders is they get this view on a stock or the, they get a view on the market and then they put it in stone and they're not prepared to change their view. And, and to me, whilst Trading is about probability and the market's about probability. And I know people, you watching this, I don't know how many times people want me to give them certainty about what the market's going to do. They said, you said it was going up last week, Dale, it didn't. Or you said it was going to go down last week, Dale, and it didn't. You know, but that's not necessarily, and, and people say you were wrong, and it's not necessarily being wrong. It's just our best guess at the time based on what we're actually seeing. A good trader will know that, and a good trader will go, well, whilst I think it's going up or whilst I think it's going down, it could do something else. And having rules around whatever it does, and, you know, I've had some people say to me, well, you said it was going to do this or this. Well, either way, you're going to be right. And the answer is correct. If we say it's going up or down, 
then we're going to be right one way or the other. But the point is about having rules around that to know what you're going to do. Because whatever the market's doing or whatever the All Lords is doing is irrelevant because you don't buy the All Ordinaries Index. It's just telling you about the mass psychology on the market at any one time. And right now, I think the psychology in our market is a little bit more bearish than bullish short term, possibly more bullish, more medium to longer term. So does that mean, you know, because the short term move is bearish that you need to sell everything? No, you don't. You might have some great stocks that you'll hang on all the way through, even if it does fall through to mid-October to late October. You might hold some stocks all the way through that and then you might do well and this time next year they might be very well in profit. That said, you might also be selling all the stocks that you have at this point in time because they're looking bearish and falling away. And that's not necessarily a bad decision as well. But again, you need to have rules around what you're actually doing. And that's the important thing that I'm saying to you. You do need to have those rules to, so that you do, you don't make emotional decisions, you make logical decisions. So at this point in time, I think the market is falling away generally over the next four weeks-ish um, through into October, mid to late October. Um, you will generally find more of your stocks will be falling over over a little bit, some a lot, some a little bit, um, and you will also find stocks that are rising in that time. But let's now get into uh, my tell the questions that you have for me for this week. Now, the first question we have today is from, I'm going to try and say your name properly, uh, Ayul Gui. I believe that's how you say it, A-Y-U-L-G-U-I. So hopefully I've said that right. Please excuse me if I didn't. Um, who says, hi, Dale, can you please share your best pick from A-G-G-S-L-R-G-O-R for the next 12 months? Thanks again. He says, Amar. So obviously he's Amar. So... I will show, I will talk about one stock, but what you're doing there is you're asking me to go and do a lot of analysis on those three stocks. And what I believe you're asking me is which one's going to perform better than the other two. Um, and really that takes, it's not what we do here. I'm quite happy to look at one stock for you and tell you what I think of it. But you need to understand what you're doing because I could pick a stock today that I think, oh, that one looks a little bit better than the other one, like Silver Lake Resources. I think, well, that looks okay at this point in time. But in the next few weeks, I might do a lot more research on that and go, well, yeah, whilst it looks all right today, next month it's, it's, it's going to be down over the next one to six months. Um, it's peaking out and it could be doing that. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's what I could come up with with a lot of my research on and putting some research um, onto that stock or analysis onto that stock. So all I'm going to do is pick the first stock. That's all I'm going to do. So it's not necessarily the best or worst because it doesn't matter. And I'll, it doesn't matter which one I pick because it's really up to you to whether you're going to profit. And I'll preface that by saying we used to do stock tipping reports and I know a lot of people out there subscribe to different stock tipping reports. In fact, I can tell you on our YouTube channel that the most hit um, videos that we do are always when we're giving our tips when we're giving stock tips because so many people just want us to give them stock tips and to me Janine and I we just don't do that we never take tips from anybody and even when we were learning we didn't we wanted to understand that ourselves and not rely on other people and if you need to rely on other people that just tells you that your knowledge level is nowhere near what it needs to be and you need to understand why you're buying why you're selling and, and what you're doing but to get back to my little story there, when we used to do a stock tipping report, we were right 92% of the time during the bull market between 2003 and 2007. Now, it wasn't hard to be right that many times. I'm not saying we're geniuses because we did that, but you could get it right. But we still had people that lost money because they wouldn't buy when we said, they wouldn't sell when we said, they didn't do um, all the things we said. We even ran model portfolios so people just had to follow us and just hit the buy and sell button. And again, people still struggled to make money, yet Janine and I were giving them lots of great tips 
if that makes sense, or buy and sell signals. We're actually telling them when to buy and when to sell, and people still didn't get it right. So to me, it doesn't matter what how good the tip is or how good we think a stock is today. At the end of the day, whether you profit or not, really is up to you, the individual, to understand why you're buying, why you're selling, how you're managing it, what's your exit strategy, what's your entry strategy. If you don't understand that, then you're going to get it wrong um, some of the time. When you do get it wrong, that's going to cost you money or cost you profit. So I'll go and have a look at one of those stocks now, but I do suggest you do maybe read my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, It's Your Money, Your Choice, if you haven't already, uh, and go and do some research and some study to work out what you need to do for your portfolio. But let's go and look at the chart now and we're picking up the first one which is anglo gold which is agg the stock code agg right now this just looks bearish to me for a period of short time it, it really was a good looking stock for quite some time from august 2018 and if i bring up that monthly chart you can see here it's you know a very cyclical type of stock like a lot of these sorts of stocks are it's more bullish because obviously it's in gold but it's in gold had had done very very well up to more you know up recently it's done beautifully well but here's that high in july of 14 dollars and this is where you're going to get gold stocks that will be divergent necessarily to the gold price because there are other factors at play with gold stocks not just the gold price um, but all it's done if i just use my little sort of line here is it's just coming really sort of back to that sort of angle i would suggest that it's probably going to come back down into that sort of level there at around around six dollars six to seven dollars there uh, and possibly find support it probably could come a little bit lower i would suggest that's probably what it's going to do over the next few weeks maybe a few months but this is looking a little bit more bearish at the moment you can see there it's last week was quite bearish even though it did come back to close a little bit higher off its low it's lower 6.97 and closed at 7.37 sideways period for a little bit there but I would suggest this time it's got a little bit more downward move. And, and as I said to um, the other two stocks, you know, they're pretty much the same. I mean, I think it was Silver Lake Resources looked a bit better, but the other one was pretty much the same as this. So um, you do need to do the research yourself and make sure you're happy with what you're looking at buying, because I'm assuming that's what you're looking for me to give you what you should be buying over the, in for the next 12 months. Uh, the next question we've got is from Shadow Walker who says, Hi Dale, company is AZJ, recently announced a $300 million buyback proposal. He said, I bought at around the $4.50 mark a few weeks back and currently down, but I have a stop loss. Fantastic news that you've got your stop loss. My time frame is mid to long term on this trade. Um, the question is, is it good to buy a blue chip stock during buybacks and what are your thoughts on this stock? So I'm gonna have a look at the stock in, in a second, but I'll talk a bit about buybacks right now. Buybacks basically support the stock price. That's really what they do. And we saw Westpac do, do buybacks for years on the stretch. Um, and it just keeps supporting that stock price because they're using excess capital that they have to basically cancel out the shares. So, um, for example, if they've got 1.1 million shares on offer, they might go to the market and take off a, a, a hundred thousand shares so they might buy back a hundred thousand shares they might do it on market so they'll just start buying back their own shares and then they'll cancel them um, or they might make an offer put an document off an offer document out to the public or people their shareholders sorry um, and say hey look we want to buy your shares at a premium or the the the, uh, the VWAP or the volume weighted average price over the next period of time and we're putting a premium on that whatever it is or you know to get you to sell the shares to us depending on how they want to do their capital management of the company but at the end of the day it's it's part of capital management of a company sometimes it's they'll do special dividends back to people
people if they've got too much cash they might sorry to sharehold they give cash back to shareholders in a special dividend sometimes they do on acquisition paths sometimes they do buybacks etc like this so generally good news um, and as i said it would generally will support the stock price so it's not a bad thing it's generally a good thing how far the stock price might rise might be a little bit of a different issue because in a buyback you'd think well there's less shares on offer now because they're reducing the number of shares on offer by buying them back but if they've got a set price that they want to try and buy them back you might not see it rise too much so that can be the negative side of it is they might just keep their buyback to a certain level and just let it drift up and then stop buying back and then drift up again and stop buying back again and just come in at a certain price so it might you might find you might not get spectacular growth out of this over over the time of the buyback period but it is also but again i think the positives far outweigh the negatives but let's go and have a look at the stock now now you did mention you bought it around that four dollars fifty mark which is up in here now uh, look i'm not sure why you bought it at 450 because right now i can't see why you'd why you would have bought it recently at 450 there's nothing to say to me in this sort of area to get into this stock i'm glad you do have a stop loss on it so if you bought it at four dollars uh where's my tool if you bought it at 450 you're boarding it bought it up around there so if you're looking at my you know what i talk about in my book a 15 percent stop loss you're talking about around 383 now you can see how it went up last week closing higher um, but didn't beat the high of the prior week at 440 it went up to 438 nice strong bar so i'd suggest it might go up this week given the strength of that bar you might see a bit of a, a move up like we saw here before it falls away again um, i'm not discounting it's going to find some support there it could very well find some support but again two things i wouldn't have bought it at 450 i think you've entered way too early um, it hasn't necessarily found some support so make sure you, you use your stop loss you didn't tell me what it was and i would suggest that uh, at 450 the worst you're going to get down to is that level that i mentioned on the chart there if i put my glasses back on again down around about three 380 um, would be 15 percent. that would be the most i would suffer on that stock if i had that uh, right now but great news that you do have a stop loss great question i really did like the question i think thank you very much for sending that through as i do all the questions that you guys sent through now um, the next question we have is from uh, i think i'll try and say this one again i think it's said i think is how you say your name um, could you please talk about collection house i bought a year ago but it's suspended okay so let's talk about collection house collection house is in the current suspension covid19 obviously collection house is a debt collection basically that's what they do um, and obviously they have funders etc etc and obviously covid19 with a lot of uh the laws sorry the um bankruptcies those sorts of stuff the government put um um restrictions around what companies can do if that makes sense so like we had with our housing loans we you know we could have got into that six month period which ends i think in a couple of days that people don't pay their housing loans or could opt to not pay their housing loan off and allow the interest to capitalize so there's a lot of things that the government brought in place to give relief to people and, and not only businesses but people uh, but also businesses as well so that would have affected collection house it's been in a trading halt i think since february i think it is i think that's due to finish 
uh, well, the last estimate I think is due to finish on the 30th of September, whether it opens up for quoting again on the All Lord News Index. It's not going broke. At this point in time, I believe it's in discussions with financiers and those sorts of things, but I'm really not going to tell you much. I really can't tell you anything about it because uh, it, other than what you're going to find on their website, on the ASX website, in terms of announcements. So their job as a company is to keep telling you what's going on about uh, their current um, period where they're not being quoted on the a ASX and at this point in time I think they should will open up I'm not sure whether they'll open up in two days time or be depending on what kind of deals they've done with their funders etc and they would assume they'll be putting out an announcement in the next day or so so please watch for that so get onto their website their investor center on their website or go into the ASX and look for announcements because they will need to tell you what's going on if you do own it but let's go and have a look at the chart and see why you bought that stock now you said you bought it about a year ago so roughly you've bought it up in here around the top so you'd be suffering a quite a big hefty loss at this point in time if you bought it somewhere around a year ago you bought it right up at the top and at the wrong time uh, for this stock and you I'm not sure what rules you bought it on but uh, I will tell you this if you bought it somewhere up around here and you just use the stop loss that we teach in our book you would have been out in February this year you would have been out before uh, sorry this is not the right stock, is it? Collection House, I'll go to the right one. So if you bought it about a year ago, you would have bought in somewhere in and around, yeah, somewhere around there. So I'm not, again, I'm not really sure why you would have bought it because it's in a downtrend. So this is September last year, October last year. There's no real signs for me to buy into it. It did go down. Let me have a look at how much it did fall away from these sorts of highs through here. Um, you can see here it went down 20%. So you possibly were down, you're probably more down more than the stop loss that we teach people to use. But you can see here that that went into a trading halt in February and currently the last price is $1.08. Um, it's not necessarily going to be bad news when it does open up. So I don't think it's as bad news. So when if it, if it does open up, on the 30th, I think it's the 30th or the 1st um, of October, it might open up, well, depending on their announcement. If it does open up for quoting, don't necessarily think it's gonna fall away. Um, it may rise depending on the deals that it, it is doing, but I don't know anything at the moment other than what I'm reading on their website and, and off the ASX website. So please just do that over the next few days and then determine it. But again, put a stop loss on it. Um, if you maybe I, my guessing is you didn't put one on on the buy price that you had. Um, but as I said, I probably wouldn't have bought in or I wouldn't have bought in at the time you did. And if I had bought in, then I would have put a stop loss on anyway. Now let's go into our last question that we have for today. And that is from Shane who says, thanks for your video, Dale. Could you have a look at Big Tin Can, which is called uh, stock ticket code BTH. Happy investing. Well, thank you very much. Happy investing to you too, Maddie. But let's go and have a look at Big Tin Can. I've never actually seen this stock before. I've not really looked at it. Generally, it's probably out of my range of stocks and it's looking quite bullish at this point in time if you look over on that left-hand side um, since it's floated. Beautiful rising stock at this point in time. So I don't know what it actually does. You can see here since that sort of low back in March, it's risen up 403%. So I think, you know, that's probably why you're asking me, would I be getting into it right now? Probably not. I think it's probably run its race. Um, and you see this big move, this vertical move through here up into August. So be interesting to see what it does if we start seeing some downward moves but I would suspect it might come back down below a dollar over the coming weeks or months but I'm not pushing the discounting that it will rise uh, further because it is quite a nice looking stock but if I put my little 
tool on it. I think this is a good little stock for you to watch, mate. I think great little pick. I do like some of these small little stocks, but it wouldn't surprise me if it came back down into this sort of 90 to a dollar area over the coming weeks and or months. It's got one, two, three, four, five weeks. There's a little bit of indecision through here. Um, if I put some volume on it without doing a lot of analysis and research, a lot more volumes coming through this year and just be remains to be seen, you know, whether that is sustainable. But all stocks move up and down in, in um, obviously, they do have retracements, so they move up, they come back down, they move up, they come back down again. Right now, it's moved up for quite a few weeks, and I would suspect it starts to come down. And given the market may, is likely to be a little bit more bearish over the next four to six weeks, if you're not in this stock, I think um, it's quite possible you'll get a better entry price if you're not in it already. But uh, if you are in it, just make sure you have a stop loss. Thank you very much for sending your question in. And really, thank everybody for, um, um, who sent in their questions. And if you do have um, a question, put a comment below. We really do appreciate it, uh, you putting your comments on below. Now, again, um, if you've got a specific question like we've talked about with Collection House, it's in a trading hold, those sorts of things. I really do love those sorts of questions. So it helps you understand the market and how we might think about it as professional traders. I know we get hit with corporate actions all the time, buybacks, we get all sorts of different things that you may not come across very often. And so understanding what we might think through it is great. So again, if you have any questions you'd like answered, just stick them below in the chat and we look forward to helping you out. Now, before I go, let me ask you a question. Tell me what you think is the best investment in these low interest rate times. So what's the best investment that you can do in these low interest rate times? Now remember that we do these Australian share market reports every week and we also do a live stream every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. So hit the subscribe button now and click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload our videos. I'm Dale Gillam, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.